everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Cooking Outside the Box. My name is Leslie, and I'm an experienced home cook who isn't afraid to take chances on making up random recipes on the fly with no recipe required. Every week, I'm bringing you a guest where I'll look through their fridge and pantry and help them come up with a meal they can make from whatever they have on hand. No fancy ingredients, just basic but really tasty home cooking. This week's episode is brought to you by me. You can follow me on Instagram at Cooking Outside the Box, where I regularly share examples of the food I'm making. But I can also work with you one-on-one to help you build confidence in the kitchen, whether it's getting better at thinking creatively about how to use random ingredients, getting outside of a cooking rut, up-leveling your skills so that you don't have to rely on meal kits or food delivery, or you're looking to master a particular skill like making pastry. I can coach you through the steps to help you reach your cooking goals. My DMs are open, so send me a message if you'd like to connect. And now, on to today's episode. Who uh, moonlights with Canada Post as a mailman? <laughs> well, I don't know. Or maybe you, you're a Canada Post guy who moonlights as a stained glass artist? Not sure. Um, so welcome to the podcast, Tim. Thank you. Uh, so tell me about your stained glass. Uh, well, I've been a stained glass artist for over 30 years. Started uh, right out of university and uh, got stained glass all over the world. I'm very proud of it. But uh, a couple years back, I had developed frozen shoulder and was unable to work. So I needed a real job. A real job. But you still job. do stained glass. Yeah, the shoulder's healed. So yeah. I'm just starting my first piece in the last two years, okay. making it for my daughter. Okay, nice. Um, so I'm happy and excited about that. At the same time, I have a steady job that is actually contributing to my pension, which stained glass never did. So right. also a good thing. Yeah. It's nice Best to have a side hu- have a side hustle that's uh your side hustle is like your your steady job as opposed to the side <laughs> hustle being the stained glass. Most people do it the other way around, right? It's like, oh yeah, I'm a postman and I've got this side hustle as a stained glass artist. You've got it backwards, right? You're a yeah. stained glass artist who has a side hustle as a postman. Yeah. Okay. So, so where time, where are some of your pieces? Like where in the world and what kinds uh, of stuff have you done? Well, it's I've done churches and synagogues, of course, um, in Ottawa and some in the neighborhood here in Toronto. Um, mostly, most of my stuff is in Ottawa. I was there for over 30 years. Uh, I've got windows in Tel Aviv and Vienna, both for the same client. Um, stuff in California, Arizona, New York, Montreal, everywhere between here and Montreal. Wow, that's great. Um, yeah. And you do custom work for people? Yeah, most of the stuff I do is custom. In fact, okay. I don't generally make a window unless it's already been sold, commissioned. Okay. okay, cool. So tell me about, so obviously we're talking about cooking. Yes. That's what I do. That's what I do. That's my my side hustle. Actually, no, it's my full-time hustle now. Um, so... Tell me, uh, tell me about foods that you remember from childhood. Like, what are your memories oh. about food from childhood? Like, good memories, bad memories, like, well, every week, times, all that kind of stuff? Every week, we would have uh, pizza night on Friday nights with the okay. neighbors. Okay. And each, each family would make pizza. We'd coordinate so that there would be a veggie pizza, a meat pizza, a pepperoni pizza, but you didn't know who was going to make which. Well, we would decide who would make which. So we have like three, four or five pizzas, depending on how many people are going to be there. We would invite guests. It was a big thing. Big thing. And that's here in Toronto? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
it was that was a fun night um but i always uh every week we each of the kids had to make something for dinner one night so we'd sit down on sunday with the calendar and determine who was going to make what and what night so and what would you what would you usually make well we had a few staples that you know that we knew how to make because my mom would make them so what was, let, let's go back for a second. At what age would this have been? Like, were you probably starting kid? around eight? Eight, okay. Yeah, that's and, young and to be cooking on your own, or did you have well, help? There was assistance early on. Okay. You know, because we didn't. People wanted to eat it. The first time I made barbecue chicken on a barbecue with coals, mm -hmm. I made blackened raw <laughs> chicken. So. <laughs> that was an experience, but learned from that. Did it? Did anyone eat it, or did it? Oh end no, up no, in the we garbage? we cut into it and put it back on the barbecue. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. And put the lid down. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, no, we had stuff like tuna casserole, um, something enchilada loaf, which was like enchiladas in a pan. Yeah. Um, but very, very um, American. Yeah. Americanized. Yeah. Not in other words, not very tasty. Right. <laughs> bland. Uh, bland. But I liked yeah. it. Yeah. Um, that kind of stuff. Things we knew how to make. Yeah. Yeah. Know, my family's background is like Irish and British, which are basically not known for their tasty foods. Um, known for their fried things and their boiled things, but not so much for like tasty stuff. So yeah, I totally get where you're coming from. Um are there any foods that you don't like? Anything you won't eat or don't like or allergic to or anything like that? I don't like curry. Oh, like any curry or just any curries? Like any it, curries. Like a friend of mine would cook with curry and barbecue sauce, and that's the closest I'd come to actually enjoying it because I couldn't really taste it. Okay. But mostly it's, uh, and it's, I'm kind of at a dichotomy because I love chai tea. Okay. And a lot of the same spices are in chai as in curry. Right. And so everyone looks at me and goes, Meh. and I, I don't like horseradish, oh, but I okay. love dipping my shrimp in cocktail sauce. Okay. Which, which is essentially food. horseradish. Right. Okay. All right. Um, but so I'm kind of weird that way. I'm also allergic to pineapple, walnuts, and pecans. Pineapple, walnuts, and pecans. Okay. Yeah. I'm just making notes here so that I don't make you make anything with any of those things. But well, generally, in my house. well, that's the thing. Yeah. Generally <laughs> people don't have those things in their house if they don't like them or if they're not allergic to them. Um, anything else you don't like? I think you told me something earlier. Oh, something raw onions. Oh, you don't like raw onions. Not okay. A big yeah. Fan. There's only one, I know. one thing I'll use raw onions for is in a suvalaki. Okay. Um, and what's your position on raisins? Oh, uh, I listened to the the podcast you had with uh, was your sister. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally, a hundred percent with her on those raisins. Like, <laughs> okay. I'll eat her like a sun made raisin. Like, yeah, I can snack on those or chocolate covered raisins. Mm, yeah. Chocolate covered raisins. I'll chow on those. Okay. You put a raisin in bread. Okay. Where or, it gets all plump and all of that. Yeah, it's like there's a bug in it that died in it. Okay. So no cinnamon buns with raisins in them. Nope. No, no, I love cinnamon buns, but you don't put raisins in them because then I won't eat it. Okay. All right. Yeah. So good to know. Today, I'm speaking with my friend, Tim. Tim is a stained glass artist. And what is your signature dish when you're cooking? So I guess maybe back up for a second. You do cook, 
right? I do cook. Yes. You do cook. Okay. Cause you learned to cook as a kid. Yeah. You cooked. Throughout, I enjoy cooking. You enjoy cooking throughout your adult life and everything. What would you say is your signature dish? Lemon ginger chicken. Lemon ginger chicken. So tell me about lemon ginger chicken. How do you make that? Well, I got it from a heart health recipe. So it's good for you. Yep. Um, you, and then I've been doing it for years. I changed the recipe from chicken strips marinated for 15 minutes to drumsticks marinated for about an hour or two. Mm-hmm. But it just, it's simple. It's lemon juice, oregano, uh, fresh oregano if I can get it, uh, fresh ginger, grated up, and a little bit of olive oil. Put it in a bag with your chicken, put it in the fridge, marinate it. Yeah. The longer the marinate, the more lemon flavor you have. Mm-hmm. And I love lemon flavor. Okay. So with the drumsticks, like you can cook it any way you want after that. But with the drumsticks, what I do is I put them on a cooling rack on a cookie sheet. Yep. Put it in the oven at 425 for about 55 minutes or until the smoke detector goes off, whichever <laughs> comes first. <laughs> that happens and, here too. <laughs> uh, and it come up really crispy on the outside and nice and moist on the inside. And the, the, chi- the lemon juice actually caramelizes on the edge of the chicken. Oh, nice. So you've got this little crispy, sweet, almost sticky. Yeah. So memories of that blackened chicken of your childhood. Um, no, <laughs> not that juicy and not that crisp. <laughs> so juices run clear instead of like pink juices, pink. right? Yes. Yeah. You yes. don't want the pink exactly. juices. You want no. the clear juices. Mm. Okay. That's good. Um, what is your favorite food that you don't already know how to make something like maybe you'd have at a restaurant and you're like, Oh, I wish I could make this at home. Hmm. There are a few pastas. I don't make pasta. So maybe Why like don't fish. you make pasta? You don't like it or you just don't, you don't, I don't think you're pasta good at maker. It? I don't haven't tried. Oh, it. you mean like homemade pasta? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you meant like you don't cook pasta at all. Oh no, okay. no, no, no. Okay. So like homemade pasta would be something yeah, that you'd like to try. Okay. When we were in Europe, when I was, I think we were, I was 12, we had uh, dinner on the Rhone, on the Rhine river on train going down the Rhine river. Oh, cool. And I had ravioli mm-hmm. and it was like four pieces of ravioli cause they're quite large and some tomato sauce. And it was so good. So not like chef Boyardee. Um, no, like most 12 okay. year olds are eating chef Boyardee ravioli. They're not eating ravioli on a train on the Rhine river. <laughs> yeah. So you'd like I, to learn how to make homemade pasta. Maybe yeah. I, I can't think of anything else. Like I've, I really love Wiener schnitzel also acquired the taste there. And, yeah. um, but that's something I make. So that's. How do you make that? What's the, is it not one of the easiest things in the world? You, you buy the veal cutlet. Yeah. You hammer it flat. Yeah. Thinner. Yeah. Between strand wraps so that it doesn't go all over the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> and then you uh, dip it in egg, dip it in breadcrumbs or flour, dip it in egg again, dip it in breadcrumbs, fry it in a frying pan, flip it over a couple, like 90, minute, 90 seconds or a minute and a half or something each side yeah. and, and then eat it with lots of lemon juice. Hmm. <laughs> I've had it before, but I've never actually made it before. Sorry. I might have made something like that with chicken, like where you hammer the chicken between yeah. two pieces of, you know, like a chicken, I think it's called chicken paillard or something like that. Okay. Like chicken marsala um, is made that way as well, where you hammer it like really thin. And then there's another one you make with chicken. 
uh, with lemon and capers. I forget what that's called. I have to look that up. I've had that in an Italian restaurant. It's also very good. So, okay. So that's impressive. You make Wiener schnitzel um, and your chicken. So, you know, that's, uh, you've got a, a repertoire, right? And, you know, you cook, which is, that's good. Mm -hmm. I'm also a bachelor. So I do bachelor meals. What's a bachelor meal? Um, macaroni and cheese out of the box with ground <laughs> beef and salsa. Okay. So that's like your own, ver it's like your own version of hamburger helper. Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. I have to admit that I'm not above doing that myself. Like, I don't know that I put the hamburger in it, but uh, a, a good old box of mac and cheese sometimes is like, it just hits the spot for me. It's usually hangover food and I don't get hung over that often. Cause I, I don't drink very much like I don't drink to get drunk anymore um mm -hmm. but you know on the odd occasion that I overindulge in wine or cocktails or whatever mm -hmm. there's nothing better than KD the next day as a as a hangover food and this is where all the people who know you better than anyone else can comment <laughs> on this and say remember that time remember that Leslie time? when we yeah. were oh yeah Florida we had yeah yeah oh yeah oh there are enough people and I'm sure they're all listening to this now who would say oh I remember the time when you were really yeah okay all right fine I do have an edit feature on here just so you know what <laughs> comments um, from yeah okay so let's talk about what is in your fridge right now fridge or pantry like what kind of stuff have you got on hand <clears throat> Oh, if I was to coach you through making something for dinner. Well, I always try to have cheese and eggs and some sort of meat. Right now I've got ground beef and chicken legs. Um, I've got some bacon, I've got hummus, but it's chocolate hummus. So it's really just oh, for snacking. I've, I've had that. That's really good. It. I found I was a little disappointed because it's like a chocolate dip. It is it's not a lot of hummus flavor in fact it's essentially chocolate so i was, was a little disappointed i was hoping for a little more of a mix in terms okay, of okay i'll find out for you because i have had some uh a friend a good friend of mine uh loves it she introduced me to it and there's a particular brand that she likes i can't remember the name of the brand so i will mm. find out and i'll let you know um uh, but yes i i had that and it was i fell in love it was like the best dessert you just have like fruit or little crackers or, or little cookies or something like that with the chocolate hummus oh my yeah, god I like, I like to use my pretzel chips for that okay yeah. that sounds yummy Okay, yeah. sorry, continue. So you've got hummus. Uh, you have salsa, you know, yep. ketchup, mustard, relish. Yep. Frank's red hot buffalo sauce. Yep. Barbecue sauce, some milk, yep. uh, bread, you know, the staples. Yeah. I've got a couple boxes of mac and cheese in the cupboard in case that. Need case that. of emergency. Exactly. Case of emergency, break, break glass. glass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so I have a I have a thought. I saw uh, something online. Uh, a lot of times, my ideas are not original. So I'm never claiming that I'm like this, you know, uh, savant when it comes to cooking, where I can like make stuff up. Oftentimes, because like I saw something, and I'm like, oh yeah, that looks really good. So I'm going to make a suggestion for you of something to make. But before I do that, we have to talk about bread. Okay. So you and I started talking, I don't know, like a week or so ago about sourdough bread. Yes. So tell me about your journey with sourdough. Like, how did that start? Like, how did you 
get on the sourdough bandwagon. Well, I've always loved sourdough bread. It's always been my favorite. Yeah. So I usually, when I'm chopping for bread, will buy something for sandwiches, like, you know, the peanut butter or something, and look for a loaf of sourdough as well. Okay. Um, and I had places in Ottawa where I'd go to get my sourdough, but there's nothing here that I found yet. So I was thinking, well, and, you know, we're in this kind of pandemic lockdown thing. I do have a job that gets me out every day, so I'm not as crazy as everyone else. Although there, I'm sure this is where people who know me better can comment. Um, so I thought, let's make some sourdough bread because it's, you know, why not? You've never made bread before. Why not start with the hardest? Of course, because right? <laughs> that's where we all start, right? <laughs> when, you, when you've never done anything before, let's just go big or go home, right? Exactly. Like, let's start with the hardest thing we could possibly make. So we start with sourdough bread. So I was actually, I was in bed one morning looking at my TikTok stream and between uh, anti-Trump uh, stuff, there was this guy, William James Duffy. He's local here, teaches at Centennial College, doing a post about how easy it is to do sourdough bread. I'm lying in bed going, all right, sourdough bread it is. So, and that was, uh, I think that was the 1st of, of January, uh, if I remember correctly. So that's when I started feeding my starter. I went out uh, the, the next day or, the, or a couple of days after to Whole Foods and got some rye flour and went to his uh, specialty flour shop in Pickering and got some bread flour and started feeling my starter so you went like all out you didn't just go and buy like just regular old flour and you know you wanted to do it right yeah well i've been told i was told this is how you do it you don't use tap water unless you've you know let it sit at least 24 hours to get rid of the chlorine because yeah. you'll kill the starter yeah and you don't use processed flour from the grocery store because it's not going to have the same effect and if you're going to put all this effort into it you might as well start with something that's going to work exactly good points speaking good points mm. so you made your starter and how long did that take well i didn't have time to make the bread so i fed the starter for about two weeks mm -hmm. ended up splitting it in half because it was getting so large yeah um i wasn't did you get did you give any of it away or you just dumped it I wasn't even dumping it because the, what this guy recommended is you don't dump it. You just feed it, keep feeding it, keep feeding it, keep feeding it. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, looking at other recipes, I was adding too much water. Oh. So my water, my starter got really thin. So it wasn't growing properly. So after talking to you about it, I looked at some other videos, the one you recommended, and 15 things people do wrong when they start sourdough bread. Yep. And so I, I redid it, my starter at that point, got it thick again, got it growing again, felt like it was at the point where it was actually good uh, to start the bread, which was turned out to be 11 o'clock on a Saturday night. <laughs> so I started the process at that point with what I thought was a live flourishing starter. Um, but I don't think it was. Okay. I think it had stopped growing. So several hours later, several hours later, I said, I went to bed at like three in the morning after doing all my folding, <laughs> woke up in the, woke up later that morning, my bread in the fridge for eight hours, did the next four steps, put it in the oven. And an hour later, opened the oven to find a flat loaf of bread. 
unleavened, unleavened sourdough bread. rye bread. It's like a rye. Yeah. It's like a brick. Like a little brick. I said to one of my friends, said, I'm going to stop. I'm going to quit the post office and start making bricks and make, I'm going to make a house. Are you going to try again? Yes. Uh, starters going again. Starters going again. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I, I think, I think I mentioned to you that it took me, I made, I, I made a loaf today and it was probably the best loaf I've made in the four or five years that I've been making sourdough. And it's taken me this long. Uh, I mean, I don't make it regularly. Like I, you know, I go through phases where I'm like, oh, I'm going to make a bunch of sourdough or, or I'll make like what I call cheater sourdough. So I'll make a bread that's got sourdough in it, but it's not the only leavener. Like I'll, it'll also have a little bit of yeast in it as well. It's mm. a bit more forgiving and it doesn't take quite as long. And so it's less likely to fail. So I'll often make uh, loaves that have both sourdough and yeast in them. Uh, so it still has that nice sour flavor, but it's not... Um, it's not as finicky and fussy as pure sourdough is. So there's that as an option. The reason I asked you about the sourdough is because the recipe idea I have for you um, it, it would require you to use your sourdough bread um, once it's baked. So you won't be able to make this right away. Um, I saw this fantastic recipe for what's called French onion grilled cheese sandwiches. So do you know how to make caramelized onions? Have yeah. you ever made caramelized onions? Yep. So thinly sliced onions, a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of salt and pepper, low and slow for 20 minutes, 30 yep. minutes, 40 minutes, stir them every once in a while. Um, you don't want to cook them too quickly. I like using a sweet onion. Like I mostly use Vidalia onions or some variation of a sweet onion in pretty much everything I make because I don't like really strong onions. So it's rare that I'll just go buy a bag of yellow onions. Usually I'm buying that whatever they have labeled as sweet onions because um, obviously they've got a lot more sugar in them and they'll caramelize a lot more than, than a regular yellow onion will. Um, at the very end, uh, so not too soon into the caramelization process, um, you want to add like maybe a tablespoon of butter. So the butter is really more as a flavoring than it is to cook it in. Like you're going to mm -hmm. cook the cook the onions in the olive oil because they're just it's stable. Like it it can withstand the heat for a long period of time. Whereas the butter might eventually burn if you put it in too soon. So yeah. I usually add the butter sort of towards the end and caramelize the onions, um, and then. Uh, you said you had bacon too, right? Yep. Yeah. So you got to cook up that bacon mm -hmm. and it's got to be really crispy. Are you yeah. okay with like really crispy or do you like it a little bit like less crispy? So I just leave it in the oven a little bit longer. Okay. So, oh, so you're an oven person. Okay. Tell me about your oven. Cause I know, I know that method and I've made it that way too. Tell me about your oven method. Well, it's the same thing bacon. As, as the drumsticks. You put it on the cooling rack over yep. the cookie sheet. Yeah. The oven, I think it's 400. Yeah for like 20 minutes i guess if it's going to be crispy it's going to be 20 25 minutes yeah and then peel it off and and that's it, you're Eat it. ready to go yeah. yeah i i don't think i've put it on a cooling rack before i think when i've made it in the oven uh i usually put a sheet of parchment paper because it makes it easier to clean up the, yeah, always, the mess always afterwards piece, yeah Always yeah. Put that underneath. yeah and then i put the um i put the strips of bacon right on the parchment and then that way the 
um, the bacon kind of cooks in its own fat. So as the fat renders, yeah. uh, it's cooking in its own fat, which helps to make it crispier. You do have to stop and like halfway through and flip it over so that, mm. you know, it cooks evenly on both sides. Um, but I like doing it that way just because it means you don't have a splattering all over your kitchen. You don't have the splattering from the frying pan. Yeah. You yeah. can fit almost an entire pound of bacon on one baking sheet, depending on how big the sheet is. Yep. So yeah, so I would say, yeah, cook your, uh, I would get your bacon in there. And uh, and then uh, grated cheese, you said you've got cheese, you oh, have yeah. cheddar, Yep. old cheddar. Old cheddar. So, uh, and then um, I would probably use some day old um, uh, sourdough bread rather than like the super fresh stuff because, mm -hmm. You know, you want to eat the super fresh stuff when it's fresh, but then when it's a day old, it's like, it's better to make the grilled cheese sandwiches. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing that makes it into like French onion grilled cheese sandwiches is at the end. So when you're um, sauteing, not sauteing, but caramelizing the onions, uh, deglaze the pan with a little bit of white wine, if you have it, or vermouth is another good option. Like I like vermouth as a um, I only cook with it. I, I mean, occasionally I might have it in a cocktail, but very rarely. Usually I use vermouth for cooking and just put a splash in uh, to deglaze the pan. Uh, so any kind of wine or vermouth or something like that, um, it just adds a lot of flavor to the, um, to the onions. Mm -hmm. um, if you have some time, you could put that in. Uh, you said you often have fresh oregano when you make your chicken Yep. legs you could put the oregano in i'm a bit more of a thyme fan than an oregano fan but i'm sure that would be fine too um and then layer your um caramelized onions uh your bacon and your grated cheddar cheese and uh cook it over like medium heat not too high because then you don't want to burn the bread on the outside before the cheese has a chance to melt yeah how does that sound sounds delicious mm-hmm Actually, so you gotta make the bread first. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the stumbling block. It might be a couple of years or four. How many years did you see before you got perfect loaf? Five years? Yeah, but you know, you can buy you can buy a loaf. You could buy some sourdough bread or some type of a country loaf or something like that. You could buy that at the yeah. At the I, I, I did buy a country loaf, a sourdough rye mix or something yeah. from Costco the other day because I needed my sourdough and I couldn't right. provide it for myself. So, um, yeah. And then did actually make a grilled cheese with it, but it was more more of a boring grilled cheese, just with cheese and mustard. Okay, mustard. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, I put I've put mustard in grilled cheese as well. I would recommend Dijon mustard mm -hmm. uh, in this grilled cheese. So maybe just one side of the bread with a little yeah. bit of Dijon mustard. Well, that sounds good. Uh, and uh, and the and this the caramelized onions, the bacon, the old cheddar cheese and uh the sourdough bread i mm. think that would be very very tasty mm -hmm. perfect for Ooh, sunday afternoon yeah. to watch football like, eat some nice cheese uh, grilled cheese exactly yeah late morning early afternoon while watching the game i think that would be very tasty so here's a, an even more important question though are you a ketchup on on grilled cheese kind of person no no okay it's horrible right. why would All you right. even say that okay no, I'm, 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 we're simpatico on that one. I'm, I'm not a ketchup person. I don't really care for ketchup, but I know a lot of people are like, oh yeah, grilled cheese sandwich, ketchup. I'm like, really? You like ketchup on grilled cheese? Like, yeah, no, I know. not, not my, for me. One of my nephews is like that. He's like, okay. So first order of business is you got to get your, 
get your bread. Uh-huh. I'll coach you through that. Some more coaching. It's what I need. Some more coaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe we'll do it by video this time. And then that way I can see what you're actually doing. And then, uh, and I can coach you through and say, it's ready. No, it's not ready. It's ready. No, now, now. Put the spatula you know, down. That's right. <laughs> it's like, it's like avocados, right? You call not, that folding? Yeah. <laughs> it's like avocados. It's not ready. It's not ready. It's not ready. It's ready. It's ready. 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 It's no, no, ready no, no. now. <laughs> no, no. Avocados are, it's not ready. It's not ready. It's not ready. It was ready yesterday. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Now it's much. So, yeah. So a sourdough starter is a bit like that, right? You're watching it, watching it, watching it. It's like, okay, is it going to go, how much higher is it going to go before it collapses? And you want to catch it before it collapses. Otherwise mm-hmm. you kind of got to start all over again and refeed it. So yeah. it's a bit of a pain. All right. So um, where can people find you online if they want uh, to see your handiwork as it relates to um, uh, your stained glass? You're on Instagram. Well, I'm, on, I'm on Instagram to follow me on Instagram. It's Tim Mar T I M M M C R T I M M A R yep. one seven seven one. One seven seven one. So at T I M M A R one seven seven one. If anybody wants to see your stained glass creations and they can contact you there if they want to commission something from you. Mm-hmm. Cool. And I post all kinds of my cooking stuff too. So right. Oh yeah. So tell me that was the other thing. You had a video on there about uh corn. Corn on yes. the cob? Okay, the so corn on the cob. Okay, tell me how you make the perfect corn on the cob. Well, you you cook it however you want to cook it. Right. So, but make sure it's fully cooked. Still husk. Still okay. in the husk. So okay. when you say however you want to cook it, meaning either in boiling water or in the microwave. Or barbecue or, or barbecue. Some people have their ways of cooking. Okay. I prefer microwave because with the husk on, it's easy. A single ear for five minutes. Yeah. And it's cooked. Yeah. two years i think it's about eight minutes yeah. and it depends on your microwave then you cut off the wrong end like the stem end the stem end exactly right okay grab, grab it by the tassel yeah and shake it and if it's yeah. fully cooked that corn on the cob will slide right out clean with no tassel on it wow add okay. your butter and eat it all right so I actually saw you do this on instagram so you, you there is a video on there of you doing the perfect uh i and in all my years of cooking i have never seen this before like i've heard of cooking with the husk on like i've seen it on the barbecue and stuff and i've seen people do it in the microwave but this thing where you cut off the stem end and then you shake it and the thing just slides right i have never seen anything like that before that was really cool yeah and most people like why don't you like doing corn on the cob it's so much work to husk it yeah. Then even after you husk it, you got all that tassel still hanging off the off the corn. Right. This solves all those problems and it's done. Okay. So I learned something today too. That's good. Wow. All right. Okay. So people can follow you at T-I-M-M-A-R-1771 uh, on Instagram. And uh, you're going to make French onion or no, yeah, French, yeah, French onion, onion grilled cheese sandwich. sandwich. Okay. With sourdough bread and with sourdough bacon. bread. Once you've made the sourdough bread, so it might be a little while. Mm, uh, maybe I by the time. Actually, yes. I think I'm just gonna because it sounds really good. I'm gonna go out and buy some sourdough bread <laughs> and, and just I, make it and have it this weekend. Yes. Okay. Because so it sounds really good. Make sure you take photos. Yep. And send me the photos so that when this episode goes live, I can post those photos online and I'll tag you in them so that people can see the lovely, wonderful uh, uh, sandwich that you made. Okay. All right. That sounds good. 
Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time today. And uh, looking forward to seeing uh, your photos of your uh, French onion grilled cheese sandwich. Awesome. Okay. Have a good day. Thanks. You too. Okay. Bye. Thanks. Thanks again to my friend Tim for agreeing to be on the podcast. It was kind of a last minute thing for us. I was like, hey, I need a new guest. You want to be a guest? He said, sure, let's let's do it. So uh, anyone can be a guest on the podcast. Uh, we don't have to be like super great friends or anything like that. So my DMs are open if you want to participate. I'll be posting photos of the yummy uh, grilled cheese with bacon and onions that Tim made, um, along with uh, tagging him so you can follow him on social media if you're interested in seeing what he's doing with his stained glass work, uh, which is really very creative and, and really uh, fun to watch. He's got some great videos on there as well. Uh, so again, thanks for listening and uh, keep on cooking. <laughs>